This is David Paxton from The Hidden Day, and you're listening to The Dig Bible Podcast. My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's, and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up motivate you and relax you we hope you enjoy our coffee be bold be humble be kevlar and you can find kevlar joe's coffee company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com and for listeners of the dig bible podcast use the code all caps dig 20 whenever you're checking out to get a 20 percent off discount enjoy We should read our Bible as men digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets lost to cultures beneath the sands of time. Or is it? It is the glory of God to conceal things but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that. And the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. There's more bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis Let's back it up here. I, I love the intro to the show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his word. As you guys always sign the show, you, you gotta dig it. Dig it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I, know, I feel like God's be like, hello, McFly! You ain't got it so far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't isn't this exciting? I mean, you read it, it's like, wow. The Nephilology round table. But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold, do not collect $200. You're out of the game. Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? What's going on, all my local guys and gals and long-distance pals? How are you guys? We're back. We are back. Drop the Sorry. ball, Ben. Sorry. Drop Sorry. the ball. Hold on, let's try it again. 
we're back. <laughs> Need that deep, raspy yeah. voice. We're back. Like mine? Like, we're back. We're back. I'm a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, what's going on? How's well, this week for you? Hopefully tomorrow when they get a shipment of chickens in. Little baby chicks. Little baby chicks. 80 of them. Mm. It's an eight with a zero. <laughs> it's going to be a bunch. That's a lot of chickens. Yeah. It's a lot of nuggets. We are. They're going to uh, be yummy, too, when we eat them. <laughs> we are all trying to be a little more uh, self-sufficient here, as, as especially as uh, our groceries and everything else are twice the price they were even just a couple years ago. So that's uh, crazy. I actually have um, about 40 quail hatching this weekend, too. So. Well, just like our uh, sponsor, you know, the, the better insurance agency or the better quote, he said uh, with the, the price of bread slowly approaching today's wages. That's, that's, that's right. important to say on. on your insurance. That's right. Yeah, we're seeing the Bible come into fruition here uh, right now, right before our faces, I tell you. Well, I want to ask a question, which I already know the answer to. Did anybody catch the Grammys? What? No. The Grammys. What's that? What's a Grammy? You know, that's where all the elite get together. Graham, Graham know, Crackers? All the, all, all the music. I thought you were talking about my grandma. Graham Crackers? Well, apparently there was like a big uh, satanic ritual. Yeah. That, that was I, seen, oh, I, heard, I heard about that. I seen that on uh, JP Reacts. Did he react? Oh, he was. He was reacting. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty rough. It's crazy how they don't even try to hide it anymore. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, it's just boom. Just God dancing like the devil, dressed well, up like and the devil. And that... <laughs> Pretty crazy how much of a, a an attack on God, a blatant open attack on God, and we see that stuff more and more in our culture, and more and more accepted. Or, That's the or, problem. Or expected, not just accepted, but expected. And you see that it's it's put on display for everybody, and it's it's sad, but uh, it's what we see. And this is the problem with with our common culture right now is that it's everywhere. What we have to worry about is our kids. Because what happens is that this stuff is is slowly and and very methodically and is being fed to the next generation. And what does the next generation do? What do they? What do they? They're always on social media. They're always on their phones. They're always on something. They're getting spoon fed this the this agenda that it's not a positive one. It's not from God at all. And, I, and we can see that blatantly when you talk about stuff like this. And what I think's just astounding is how people just chalk it up to shock and awe. Other oh, artists just doing this stuff, you know, to sell records and be, you know, wild and crazy for attention. You know, like Ozzy Osbourne and the Bat, and you know, just Alan Manson. They dress up and do all this stuff just for shock factor. That's you know, are just, they really that blind? That's just their excuse to do it, to to make it okay. To do it. That's all that is. Or to accept it. Right. Well, same thing, you know. It's, I will, and, you know, like our topic today, was it Nike or whoever had the blood in the heel of the shoe? Well, that was that Nas X guy. And even the name Nike, a lot of people don't realize that. That's a, that's a name of a foreign god, the Greek god of, I think, victory. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, know this, that. this stuff's everywhere. No, I always worshiped Reebok. Did you? No, I'm kidding. Reebok reason, <laughs> the Reebok of reason. The Reebok of reason. Yeah, I can't. Let's not go back to last week. That was or last uh, last show was a little rough for me. I 
that I guess that I was here for. I wasn't here last week, so yeah. I apologize. Which we got a lot of good uh, responses out of that. Uh, I mean, we the downloads were through the roof in the response for that, and I've seen people on our community forum talking about how it was just uh, just mind blowing for them. You know how they never realized that, and how everybody how you're basically spoon fed from a young age. You know the, these ideas and things, and it's when you look in for yourself that. That's not, not it. Yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was me. You, you had some shock and awe. It, well, I did the research and we looked in and, and really got after it, and then when, saying it out loud after that was painful. Like it, it hurt because you, you believe one thing a certain way your whole life. You look at look at on our dollar bill, and look at it saying, "In God we trust," but. And then look at some symbols on the back. But that's not and well, and you look you at know, all those, yeah, the the all-seeing eye or the pyramid and all the different things that are on there. But the fact of the matter is that that the in God we trust is the God of reason. It's not, it's not the God that we worship. It's not the God that that sent His Son to 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 save us. It's it's a complete lie. Yeah, but it's all preconditioning and, and programming. You know, even like with our, you know, music artists, you know what I mean, affecting the kids. And Satan knows who to who to influence. He picks the influencers, the ones that uh, the younger generation want to emulate and imitate. And, and that's like the whole thing with the Hollywood stuff, you know. That's all it is. Yeah. And they're the influencers right. of our society. I want to be like this well, person or this that's what you say, and we keep going down that road, and you look at what do we glorify in Hollywood? We glorify, oh, yeah. right now, it's all the Marvel stuff and all the DC That's stuff. straight. And that is straight. <laughs> yeah, all I these mean, different gods. I mean, and I know gods, I go down yeah. that road a lot, but that's straight Nephilim stuff that we talk about. When you talk about Diana, who was Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Was was um, was Artemis, right? I mean, that's the, the same the same god that they worshiped right that this is somebody who was uh one of those lowercase g deities at that time back then and we're glory thor right we're don't we're glorifying these people that were really you know hercules all these different things these are these are things that are from our past that are things that god warned us against but yet our culture today glorifies these things and, and we put them at the forefront and we call it entertainment and maybe it doesn't affect you or me, but does it affect our kids? Oh, is it affecting I, your neighbor? See, see, what I think is it's not even, it's not even that you, you say it's not affecting me, but it is. You just might not be conscious enough to realize it. Which I think this needs to be a future episode all in itself, you know, pop culture. Oh, wow. could be and, and yep. stuff like that. That could be a whole podcast. Yeah. A spinoff. I mean, that's how crazy that is because yeah. it doesn't stop. Because yeah. that's not what today's episode's about. No, I'm not sorry. Honey trail. We went, we're, on, we're we went on a rabbit trail already. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Let's back it up here. All, All right. right. <laughs> Steven, you were out last week. We're glad you're feeling better. We yes, missed sir. you with all our technical difficulties. But <laughs> he's, we he's like, he has a special touch. He does. For some, I don't know. You're welcome. Well, open us up in prayer, and we'll dive right on, on in today. Dear Lord, thank you for everything you've given us. Thank you for 
blessing us through this show. Help us reach that one person that we always talk about. If we can re- help one person become closer to you, have a better relationship with you, then this whole thing has been a success for us. Please use us in, in any way that, that you see fit. And Lord, just continue to work through us and help us say the words that everyone needs to hear. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, today's subject matter is power in what? Well, the name, the blood, both. Well, we're gonna we're gonna dive in, aren't we? Yeah. We are. Let's get our hands dirty. Clean theology. Yes, sir. Let's <laughs> dig. Can you dig it? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I guess when we. I guess we should start on the the we have we have two different schools of thought that I think that I think there's a little bit too much of a divide here. I think that um, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, but at the same time, we have to know where that comes from, where that power comes from, if that makes sense. Um, because if we if we start looking into, uh, you know, if we start with the power of the name. Right. And we, we talk about this. If we, if we look at, I mean, there's, um, you know, actually it's, it was, it's over 4,000 times in the King James version that the word God is used. Did you know that? There's like 4,400 and so I, I had it written down. Um, and I apparently lost that sheet. I have a lot of sheets that I, uh, <laughs> prepared for this one, but, um, the word God is used throughout the Bible a lot. Right. But, when we go through this, if you look at just a few verses to get us kicked off, but uh, like Philippians 2, 9, you know, God gave him a name above all names, you know, uh, Romans 10, 13, for everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved or Acts 4, 12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is, I mean, you could go on forever about verses that talk about the name of God. And it, it shows us that, you know, God's name is important. It's very important. Which, before we get too deep into it, I was wanting to, you know, kind of go, I guess, chronological and go back to the history, you know, where it came from. Then you got to back it up. We're going to back it up. All right. Beep, beep, beep. That's not how you back it up. Buddy. Uh, well, how do I back it up? Show, say, show me that way. We, we don't just, have buzzers on our. You just, you just our, have to, you just have to look at everybody and say, Let's back it up. See, his his nickname should be like Sir Mix a lot. He knows how to uh, back it up. (laughs) (laughs) The oldest archaeological evidence for the divine name is uh, from the mid 14th century BCE. You know, this is the period of the judges in an ancient temple uh, calling the Israelites the nomads of Yahweh. You know, the oldest sacred writings are what's called the, the Silver Scrolls dated back to the 7th century BCE, just before the destruction of Solomon's temple. It contains uh, words from Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. But the Jewish people in their scrolls didn't use the divine name. They used Elohim, or Adonai, meaning Lord. This started around the time of the exile. You know, either they felt it was too holy for their lips to utter, or they were just afraid to use it while they were in captivity. So I guess, you know, the 
the question that I see a lot online is, you know, does pronunciation matter? I would say no, because, I mean, obviously, I barely speak English as it is, so, but if you're speaking to the Lord or about the Lord, you, you know, we're, you're, he's going to know you're speaking to him. Right. I mean, it's it's God. He He already knows, so. So, I guess... Part of this is you have to go back and once again look at the the culture at that time. We always look at that. We always try to look back through their eyes and, and, and try to use that um, you know, the way that Heiser Gilbert would, would talk about is, you know, you have to look at the, the way through the, the eyes of the people, the writers in the Bible. Um, but even even straight through there. So they had a lot of names for God, you know, Hebrew names, um, you know, names that the, the Jews would use. They actually have seven separate names that they deem so holy. How many? Seven. That's a divine number. Seven names that they deem so holy that you're not even allowed to erase them. So, I mean, they really take the name of Jesus very seriously. And I think I, I 100% believe that. And I think that the the name of Jesus, the name of God, uh, is, is, is very important, but... I, I'm going to jump in a little bit here and, and talk about, I, I have right here, and I recommend if anybody can find this, as, as far as you can find almost anything in here, I have the Holman Illustrated Pocket Bible Dictionary. And um, I have, this has things in it that I it blow me away. Um, and I've learned a lot from this. Just if I'm reading through my Bible and I find something that I don't understand or know, or, or, or there's a something that's capitalized or in parentheses that you know, you know how the the writers of the Bible did these things where they'd put something extra in to to, to kind of show you it's important, even though maybe we don't know at face value when we're reading through. A lot of things I found in this dictionary, and it it elaborates on those things. But I thought it'd be interesting to jump into the names of God, mm. and. Um, we can go through and, and, and we can look at the Hebrew names. Um, one of the big ones, and, and actually I've been to a um, bat mitzvah. And, and, or, no, I went to a bar mitzvah, sorry. I went to a bar mitzvah, not a bat mitzvah. A bar mitzvah is for the boy, bat mitzvah is for the girl, right? But I went to a bar mitzvah and they go through and one of the, the um, things that they have to go through is to read some of the scripture, right? So... And they have to read it in Hebrew. But. But when they're when they're reading, you know, the the Hebrew text, you know, they're reading the name of God. And a lot of times, uh, probably the most common that you hear is the Adonai. Right. You hear that a lot when they're reading the text. Um, But I I think it's really important to understand. Right. We're, We're reading a Hebrew name. And when we see, you know, Adonai or, and you know, there's certain ones that everybody's heard. Everybody's heard Yahweh. Right. Everybody's heard Adonai for the most part or El Shaddai. You know, there was that, that Christian, I don't know, it was Amy Grant or somebody like that sang that song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. And I, I can't remember the whole, the whole song. But anyway, that it's, it's, those are popular, more popular um, Hebrew names that are, that are out there. But there are a whole bunch. There's uh, El Elyon, El... Olam, um, um, El Roy, um, 
and then there's Yahweh Jireh, Yahweh Nasai. I mean, there's so many different names, but I think it's important to look at the translation, right? We translate the other words so we can understand it, but let's translate what the name of God is so we see what, what it says to us. So we see that. So if we say Adonai, it means, you know, Lord or Master, right? If we say El Shaddai, it means all-powerful God. If we say um, El Elyon, it means most high God or exalted one. You know, El Olam means the eternal God. And you can just keep going right down the list of how that's translated into, you know, God or judge, ruler, but it's all exalted terms to show how great God is, right? So it, the, the translation would be God, the all-powerful one, God, the great one, God, the exalted one. It, it is descriptors. It's adjectives to show how great God is, those names. The titles. Titles. Exactly. They're titles. But we have to translate things into our language so we understand it. Not everybody understands Hebrew. And I would, I mean, I, I'd put a couple bucks on the fact that God doesn't only read Hebrew. I would think that potentially God, you know, he might know English. You know, I hope he does because that's how I pray to him. So, right. I mean, it's I, the only language I know. I hope. I hope. But I just think that and we're Southerners. We barely know that. Exactly. I'm, well, I wasn't going to say anything, but it's all right. Hey, you're part of the group now, buddy. Uh,. Okay. <laughs> anyway, if you want to go into. Oh, um, which I was just going to go on, you know, basically the name, in my opinion, you know, it's not so important, but what names and pronunciation, when, when they are important is, you know, is Wiccan, witchcraft. You got to pronunciate the words just right to get the spell to work and. And I think you've said it before, you know, that's that's putting the creator of the universe in a very small box and limiting God. Yes, 100%. And honestly, there is no scripture that commands that any word must be perfectly pronounced, not even his name. But the Bible even records that even within the Jewish people, different areas had different accents. You know, you can go to Judges uh, chapter 12, verse 5 and 6. It says they even had trouble hiding it, you know. Like I said earlier, think about us, you know, poor Southerners. We can't even get our own language right. But one thing that stood out to me was was Isaiah chapter 28, and verse 11. It says, For by people of strange lips and foreign tongues, the Lord will speak to his people. I mean, it says it right there. The language is not important. You know, God uses Gentiles, foreign lips and tongues, to speak to his people, the Israelites, that are you know still struggling to believe in Jesus Christ to this day. And uh, if you guys are ready, uh, we actually had a conversation with uh, Dr. Judd Burton uh, a while back, and we actually talked on this topic, and we want to play that clip for you guys. You guys ready to dive into that? Let's, let's dive in. But uh, now, like Stephen already warned you, we'll be bouncing around back and forth. <laughs> but... Okay. Uh, uh, totally. We only got 12 hours left, Jeff. Yes, Don't just worry. 12 more hours. Settle in. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me it was a marathon. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> no, um, I heard uh, the, a podcast that you'd recently done. Onions were talking about um, 
this whole uh, new age movement and with uh, mm-hmm. the Hebrew roots and basically what, what mm-hmm. Paul talks about is the, the Judaizers. Mm-hmm. And I loved your take on that. I, I, I'd love to, to touch on that with you because that's, that's something that that I see really on the rise. And, and it's my opinion that it's, it's, it's a, another one of the great tricks of, of the devil to, to enslave God's people and put them back in the chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I loved your thoughts on that, that podcast. And uh, I just, I wanted just to have a little discussion and pick your brain on that real quick. Certainly. But with that, I mean, it's like, I see all the time, you know, people fighting over the, the true name of God. You know, mm-hmm. all the scholars throughout all the years, you know, have come up, you know, with, you know, with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Now, there's this new Bible out called the, the Cipher, and they're saying that all these, you know, men uh, and learned scholars were wrong, that it's a, it's Yahuwah, mm-hmm. and, um, and that all the time when you see, you know, Lord in all caps in your Bible, it's not a sign of reference, it's a trick from the devil, to remove the name of God from the word so you don't have the power because scripture says over and over again there's power in the name there's power in the name um what's your your thoughts on on that specifically well that is other than that it's balderdash um <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you want to call God Yahweh that's fine i mean they're we have approximations of, of what that would have sound like the, the, the Hebrew letters, um, which transliterated as Y, uh, you know, YV, uh, what is it? Y, YHVH. Um, but you know, it's the same sort of machine that they push the name of, of uh, they do the same thing with Jesus, the name of, you know, Yeshua. Yes. Okay, yeah, that was his name in Hebrew. Well, but if you use if you use the name Jesus, then you're using the Greek language, and that's pagan. And uh, well, what they're not understanding is the transliteration of a word. So Jesus is Yeshua. It's just the closest Greek equivalent. It's like, okay, I was working on an archaeological dig one time with some students from the University of Athens. And they never called, they couldn't, couldn't say my name exactly, Judd. So some of them would call me Yuda. Well, I knew, I knew what they were, I knew they were talking to me because that was the closest approximation that they could say because none of them spoke, spoke any English or hardly. There was one guy that spoke a little and he called me Johnny. I still knew that he was talking to me. (laughs) You didn't ignore them because they didn't get the pronunciation right. I didn't ignore them or denigrate them because they didn't pronounce my name correctly. Uh, And so it's a matter. Yeah. It's something that goes beyond, you know, it goes that relationship that you have with God, it goes beyond simply the use of, of human tongues. Okay. So me, that argument is dead on arrival that if you don't, if you're not addressing that if you're not addressing that by the Jewish name, you know, that, he, that the, to the people that he offered this revelation to, it, it just, it, it, to me, it shows a misunderstanding of 
of transliteration and title and the misunderstanding that there's something deeper going on between just spoke, you know, between you and God than spoken language. Um, and so you're not, you know, accidentally worshiping some pagan God, you know, by calling God, God or calling him, you know, whatever. That's all a matter of, of will. I also did a, an episode with the guys at Camp Herman, you know, about the accidental pagan. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not going to be accidentally, wor- you know, you're not going to fool God in, in other words. Yeah. Um, and so I think these, these sort of legalistic, you know, supposedly linguistically based arguments that they make really don't hold a whole lot of water. Right. That's what I say is always is that the power is not in the name, the power is in the blood. And it was Jesus blood. And the fact that you believe that right. is what gets you there. God doesn't care what you call him. I mean, as right. long as, as long as you, you know, I called you Judd Nelson earlier. You knew who I was talking about. But, I knew um, you were talking about. <laughs> but, you know, in the end, it's, it's the power is the fact that we believe in what God did for us. And, and when we say God, God knows who we're talking about. He knows who's in our hearts because we've asked the Holy Spirit to be there. So we know he's there. So that ultimately mm-hmm. is the, the key, mm-hmm. if you ask me, for but, what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But with the, the power in the name. Now, I've said this to some people, you know, in discussions on the forums and stuff like that, and I get dismissed, you know, but it's like my interpretation, you know, in Hebrew, you know, it was Hashem, you know, Mm -hmm. the name. Well, you know, Hashem, you know, when you go into, I think it's Proverbs, it says, you know, a good name, a good Shem, you know, is to be valued over precious, you know, uh, gold and pearls and stuff like that. It ain't saying that. You know, the name Justin is better than the name Stephen. It should be chosen above all riches. No, it's I, I always seen that as, no, your representation, your name represents your you, your character. Yeah, yeah your character, your So it's like, yeah. you know, the power in Hashem, the name, it ain't power in pronunciating like a like a spell, Yahusha, saying mm-hmm. his name just right. You know, it, no, it's mm-hmm. you are his name bearer. You are representing him by saying you are a Christian, and that's where the power lies. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And part of that too is it, it, you know, Jesus was his name while he was on earth too. If you want to say Yeshua, because it never calls him Jesus in the Old Testament. You know, we talk about it as the angel of the Lord, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. also says that we will have different, like our our earthly names are not our heavenly names. You know, our names yeah. we will have heavenly names. So. What, what we call God in heaven will be different than what we call him here. What, what God calls us will be definitely different than what we call what we're called here. So we, we were not bestowed those heavenly names yet. They're coming. And I, I honestly think it's sooner rather than later, but they're coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but even the fulfillment yeah, of the law, it, you know, that's I, the, well, and th- then we get into the, the muddied waters of the law itself. And what exactly does that mean in the old Testament? What does that mean in the new Testament? I think it's pretty clear that they, you know, again, just looking at what the languages are saying, just let them say what they're saying. We're talking about an old covenant an old agreement and a new agreement. Yes. And what Jesus was railing against in terms of he and he let's let's face it he was railing against the interpretation and application of the law by the the temple infrastructure and the rabbinical traditions of his day which had become legalistic in the extreme 
and what a lot of these uh, the this, the roots movement gets involved in uh, has a lot to do with um, you know paying attention to the 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 Hebrew laws the Levitical laws yeah um, that that that's got to be a prerequisite you know for actually maintaining the law that that Jesus and the disciples and the apostles talked about well Jesus is really the he, he's the embodiment of the law and he's also the perfect sacrifice uh, so he he is really the the nexus on which the Old Testament and the New Testament swings and the the when you see the law pop up in most places where New Testament authors, particularly the epistle writers, um, like when John in his letters is talking about the law, the namas, he's not talking about Old Testament Levitical law. He's talking about this new vision of the law that Jesus presented, this, this the purest interpretation of the law, because Jesus distills all of that down all all of the well even the ten commandments he he distills down to what does he say love your god with all your heart all your soul to the shema and mm-hmm. love your neighbor so and everything else falls in line after that um and so jesus is is teaching a a a lifestyle evangelism that's not bogged down in legalism because legalism can become a hindrance to you know bringing somebody in into the fold yeah absolutely uh it causes dissension you know amongst the people that are that are debating it for the most part and um here's what it comes down to look if if god calls you if you're a christian and god calls you he draws you towards those kinds of observances that's fine i don't see anything wrong with that at all i think i think that the new the new testament should point christians to the old testament to look in look look into that those are the that's the foundation of, of what we emanate from and for for jews the old testament should point people to the new testament um so i'm not saying that there isn't some merit you know in understanding the law and understanding the old testament it's, it's fundamental. It's foundational. Um, but the ultimate sacrifice has already been made to satisfy the law. And that's you know, the, the he, the, said, he said, Jesus said he's come to fulfill the law. So if it's mm-hmm. completed, then there's no law to have to work towards because it's completed already. Piggyback it off right. what both of you are saying. Romans 2.14, even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it even without having heard it. That's Romans 2.14 telling you your conscience, what's inside you, you know what's right and wrong, what God wants you to do. Right. The law is, is it's, it's it, and actually, and we go into this, we've said this before, whether it's uh, what, 620 laws. 613. 613 laws. 613 that the, Levitical that the, laws. Mm-hmm. The Levitical laws that they're supposed to follow, but like over 200 of them you can't do without a temple that they haven't had in a long time. And, and guys, let's, let's look around at our shirts right now. Are we wearing mixed fabric? Oh, wouldn't ever touch We're already in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And that goes back yep, to Nephilim absolutely. too, right? Well, I mean, the see mixing. how easy it is to get bogged to get bogged down into all this stuff. Uh, it's it's just uh, here, Jed. I'll, I'll help you. Just I killed that rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's 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 almost laughable, you know. In in a, in a lot of cases, it's a distraction. These that, that, yeah, these are issues that Paul resolved in in almost every one of his letters. Mm -hmm. You know, and it. I mean, hey. Here's Paul. Here's a guy that knew this stuff backwards and forwards. Right. And and I mean he was a Pharisee. Yeah. This guy this guy he blue, described right? him he described himself yeah, exactly. He described himself as a, a Hebrew's Hebrew. Uh, so here's a here's a guy who who completely understands the law and is continually telling people, you know, hey, why would you go under circumcision? Why would you go go back under the law? Um, even ask them who, you know, who has that, bewitched you, you, foolish Galatians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I say. Vir in in some way, shape, or form, virtually every epistle of Paul addresses this issue. Some in more detail than others, like Galatians and Colossians. Uh, but you know, he hits on this again and again and again. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Are you trying to find a way to afford your favorite Bible scholar's next book? Are you searching for the next biblical research book to fill your shelves? Then if you want to justify a $35 plus shipping and handling expense to your spouse, look for savings on your home and auto insurance at the Better Insurance Agency. We can evaluate your insurance rates with multiple carriers to find you the best deal with the best coverage. Because if history has shown us anything, it's that the biblical narrative is real and that you'd better have a good excuse for your spouse on not on getting yet another book by Dr. Judd Burton. So choose the Better Insurance Agency and visit us at www.thebetterquote.com today. Well, I tell you, I, I can can only say uh, uh, half of uh, what Judd can say. I, I absolutely love Judd Burton and, and the stuff that he can throw out there because he his knowledge base and the stuff that he can pull out for us is just it's on another level. So I think I think kind of following up on this and kind of just throwing one more thing into this that I, I find really important and, and seeing another another example, kind of what Justin alluded to earlier too, is, is a little bit, I'm going to jump into Acts and I'm going to read a little um, section of Acts uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, right? It says... When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we each hear in his own native language? And we go through the all the different nations it's amazing god did this because once we talked about this before is is this is pentecost 
God did this on purpose at this time because everybody had traveled to Jerusalem from all the surrounding countries, all the, the Jews from the lost tribes. Everybody came from different nations that all spoke different languages. So they could all leave and go back with the good news that they were telling them. God gave that, that initial part of the church a spark for that reason. But the Parthenians, the Medes, the Elamites, the uh, Mesopotamians, the from uh, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, it goes right through Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, and, Rome. And they I mean, were all samplings of the 70 nations yes. mentioned in Genesis 10. So this was, you know, we talked about this in our Bible study. You know, it was essentially a reversal of the Tower of Babel. Yes, in in a good way. Yeah, a reversal. <laughs> yeah, a reversal of Babel is a good way. But, uh, and what's crazy, we talked about how it wasn't maybe the tongues, that everybody was speaking one language necessarily, but everybody's ears were tuned to where they could understand every different language. And it makes you wonder if we were tuned to basically God's hearing aid. You know, we all speak all these different languages, but God can understand them all. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, obviously, like a God frequency. They they got the God frequency. Well, well obviously, if if He could make other people speak in other languages, then He can understand other languages. Let's just, yeah. I mean, let's just throw that out there. But I think it's really important to look at that and see that everybody was hearing the good news about God. And it says right here, we he that we hear them, and this is in uh, verse eleven. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So they're hearing about God in their own language, and, and they're taking that information back to other people that speak their own languages. It's, it's about the faith. It's about the belief in, in the name that you're, you're professing. If I say, and this is, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I think this is important. And we, we went, when we were at that spiritual warfare conference, we talked to like uh, uh, Tom Dunn was there and a couple other people there that, that really go into the deliverance ministry. And deliverance ministry is kind of one of those things that um, a lot of Christians are scared of or it's kind of fringe to them or they think of the exorcist. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little bit out there for them. But I think it's really important that if you look into the deliverance ministry and you look into exorcisms that have happened throughout time and actually when we talk about the chosen and you look at that first episode when Nicodemus is trying to go in and exercise uh, Mary Magdalene, right? It's just really cool. But when you go through and you look at exorcisms and how, you know, when, when, when uh, Tom Dunn's talking about it and when he goes through and exercises, you know, somebody or goes through this deliverance ministry process, you're telling that spirit to leave in the name of Jesus, that spirit, the, 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 the demon that's inside that person, responds to the name Jesus. That's not his Hebrew name. They right. know your intent. They know who you believe in. They see your faith and the faith that you have in God, the faith that you have in Jesus, and that's why they leave. It's not because you're saying an incantation, like you said earlier, Justin. It's not that you're saying the right things, that you're cursing that demon or, or saying something to that demon to go, other than the fact is you have faith in God. What what is what does uh, God say to the the Ethiopian? Your faith has made you well. Right. Right. That's well, what it is. It's not. It's not the fact that you said God's name a certain way or that you said. It's that you have a belief in that person, that that faith behind that name. But you can use that name if you have the faith behind it and know it's the right, right person that you're right. talking about. 
So in the chosen, also it's in the I can't tell you which episode it is, but it has a a character who's possessed, you know, another possessed person walking, and they run across one of I can't remember if it was Mary or if it was just one of the disciples, and and the demon speaking, it's like it's like it he goes, oh, what is that smell? I can smell it all over you, which he wasn't talking about the smell like the actual scent. Mm-hmm. Of the guy, it could smell Jesus on him, so it, it you know it knew. If it's you, to the same. Yeah. If you have a belief and a faith in God and in Jesus, yeah, it flows out of you. It flows out of you, right? Like demons are scared of that, that faith, that feeling, because God protects you. God's around you, and that's the thing is that that power that's there, that power comes from God. That power comes from Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to tell you this right now. How do I know that 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 that's the truth? Is because when I pray to God or I pray to Jesus to to for something, they answer my prayers. I feel it. I know it. I hear Him speak to me through through different things, mostly through Scripture. But well, I know that I'm hearing God. I know that he's reaching out to me when I ask for something. Right. And it's not because I said something a certain way or I said something a different way. It's because God knows my intent. He knows my faith. Well, I look at it kind of in that same gist of things, like say certain worship songs you listen to, it moves you. You don't get moved listening to rap or to country or to rock. Not like that. It's like a certain... I don't know, country moves me in the wrong way. That's <laughs> terrible. But you talk about the power like in the faith, you know, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I kind of see it uh, in a, uh, with faith, but also, I guess, and with uh, the re- representation of, of the name. You know, every time you see name, the word name, you know, the original Hebrew word, it, you know, is Shem. You know, we kind of touched on it a little bit with, with Judd Burton there. But to, to go deeper, you know, it, it's the it means the representation uh, or the character, you know. In, in Psalms, you know, it says a, a good name is to be chosen over riches. It means good character, good reputation. So it all goes back to name bearing. You know, when when God called out uh, the Israelites from Egypt with Moses, and they they go to Mount Sinai, and He gets the Ten Commandments. You know, despite what we're taught in Sunday school, when it, when it says, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain, it's not saying don't curse. Of course, you don't need to curse. Don't get me wrong. But what it, the context of what it's talking about is, is the whole purpose of him pulling them out, bringing them there to that mountain is to set them apart and say, these are my people. And it even says, you know, uh, the, the marks and the signs are, are on their head. The heads where the authority lies. So... His name is upon them. They are name bearers. They are his representatives on earth. So we are to represent God. So it's saying, don't say that you're a child of God and and do all the things of the pagans. That is taking the Lord's name in vain. Agreed. 100% agreed. And, and that is where the power lies. And honestly, the the law and the commandments, it even says that it was a tutor before Christ came because we couldn't do it. Jesus was the perfect representative of the name. 
in my opinion, that's why at the cross he said, you know, it is fulfilled. And that's where the authority lies. You know, basically, you know, like we talked about in the Founding Fathers episode, you know, our works are not our covering. Jesus is our covering. Mm -hmm. Works is just the overflow of... It's the result. Right. If If you truly have a faith in God and you truly live the life that he wants you to lead it's the living Good works water the flowing out of us was what it would be your cup overfloweth that's right <laughs> but i like how judd said uh you know well this is the dig bible podcast it's a ling- linguistic archaeology you know and that's not as exciting you know the, the study of, of words and, and history and stuff like right. that but it's important mm-hmm. and i never looked into the the names of the people in the bible and that kind of shows you where the the divine name was revealed if you look at the names it's like you know you can ask you know well when the d- divine name was given well yeah you can look back and see textually when was the first time you know yahweh or yhvh was used but you got to remember this was written after the fact all these things happened and then later moses wrote them down so mm-hmm. he was writing these after the name was already given so just because the first time we see it doesn't mean that it was actually revealed then because he's writing after right, the fact. Right. But you can look at the names and get a pretty good idea. And it's crazy because before the divine name, and you went into some of the, the names, you know, with Elohim, El Shaddai, you know, God Almighty, uh, these all reflect uh, times before the divine name. And some examples with those names is the, the El from Elohim in people's names. You know, and some examples is, you know, Uriel, Samuel, Michael, Joel, Ishmael, Gabriel, Ezekiel. You know, all these have that that L, you know, God in their name. Uh, there's 93 L names listed in the Bible. Hmm. And what's crazy is after the divine name was given, we see the name shift. We see a ah, A-H reflecting you know the yah sound that's how you can kind of see the name changed Mm -hmm. or at least the usage of it and the examples of it is zephaniah nehemiah obadiah jeremiah josiah uh, isaiah elijah you know i thought that was pretty interesting that is interesting yeah you can see the Mm. the names change Mm -hmm. so that reflects kind of of the the shift when the name might have been revealed. Interesting. Yeah. And, then, and we, before we get too far, uh, because I know we're about to jump into a, a different tangent altogether, I think it's important too, and we talked about it a little bit with Judd there, and um, I think we talked a little bit about it in the week uh, before that, but when we go to heaven, you know, our earthly name, our, our name that's here is not our name in heaven. Jesus, you know, uh, uh, Yeshua, whatever you want to say, that was the name given to him at his birth. However, if and as Doug Van Dorn can attest, that Jesus was throughout the Old Testament, but he appeared as the angel of the Lord or or as the word or as the name or as the, there's so many the different glory, places, yeah. the glory different places that Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. Christophanies. The Christophanies, thank you. So he goes through that and rolls shows off the up. Tongue so nicely. 
It's my big word for the Christophany. day. Christophany. I'll give you an A for today. That's a $20 word right there. But it is. I used all my money up. So, <laughs> Can I but, buy a vial? <laughs> but it's so important that we we see that, that Jesus was there before he was called Jesus. So yes. what what was what's his name in heaven? Because his name was Jesus on earth yeah. or Yeshua on earth. Yeah, well, Revelation says, you know, nobody <laughs> knows the name. Yeah. And then and then when we get to and I talk, said that with Isaiah, it says, you know, world leaders are blinded by your glory and you will receive a new name by the Lord's own mouth. And then Isaiah 65, 15, your name will be a curse among my people for the sovereign Lord will destroy you and will call his true servants by another name. So names in our you know, and we talked about this with, was it Rick Hasty when we talk about God's outside space, time, and matter? We can't comprehend God. We have no, no there's no way. We can't put him in, in a little box. Like we said, you can't just say, nope, God, you can only do yeah, this. If you could comprehend him, and it wouldn't be God. No. Yeah, so, so we get to that point and we see that we're all going to receive uh, different, we're getting glorified bodies and we're getting heavenly names. So, and Jesus didn't have the name Yeshua or Jesus until. The time he was born, till God came said, he came into flesh. And then, then, you know, the angel told Mary, this is what you're going to name him. Right. And she did. She didn't and, name him. And he wasn't the only one. There was many people by that name. Well. You know, he wasn't the only Jesus. No, no, for Joshua sure. Joshua at that time. Or was, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Even, you know, Joshua. Right. In the Old Testament. Yeah. You know. So it's just one of those things. I think it shows, again, that. In, in the future, you know, in, in a heavenly plane, you know, not only are our bodies different, but our names are different. And I think it's an important differentiation, distinction to make that what we see on earth, you know, is is not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, our names, our, our bodies, they're going to be different. And also, I, when you have that mindset of the name being the the representation or, you know, the, the whole name-bearing, you know, theology. It takes some of these passages that these power-in-the-name, you know, people use into a whole new context. It changes the whole paradigm. You know, like I got like three examples in Psalms. You know, Psalms verse 20 and verse 1. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. You know, it ain't the the, the magical spelling or pronunciation. No, it's the representation and character of God itself. When people seen, you know, the Israelites, oh, that they're, that's the God, uh, Yahweh, that, that's the God they serve. You remember what he did to those guys in Egypt? Right. You don't mess with him. He built a reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it says. That's where the protection lies. You know, Psalms 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and horses. We trust in the name of the Lord. We trust in the rep, you know, representation and the reputation. You know, it's mentioned in chariots and horses. It's calling back again, you know, to Egypt. You know, Psalms, uh, the last one, uh, Psalms nine ten. Those who know your name put their trust in you, and you have not forsaken those who seek you. Let me say it again. You have not forsaken those who seek you. So if we seek them and call them by happily the wrong verbiage of a name, 
we're still not forsaken. No, he will he not forsake you if you are seeking. I think as we go along and we jump into the kind of the next uh, portion of this, as we jump into this uh, uh, next portion that we'll kind of see what really matters, what changes the game. You know what I mean? Now, are you about ready to jump into that? I'm, I'm, right. I was born ready. All right, I'm going to tee it up for you. I think he's itching. I'm going to tee it up for you. Uh, when I was doing this, I found these last few verses, and I'm not even going to lie, I texted you guys. Uh, the Holy Spirit just flooded over the top of me. I was in tears trying to, to put this on paper. And I, I had already gotten it, you know what I mean? But I got it from a whole new perspective. It brought me to a, a whole new level. And it was just, uh, you know, like you guys were talking about, you know, the, the feeling that, that you get and you know that God is there. And uh, I'll try not to let my Southern Baptist preacher come out of me right now. I'll, if I start yelling, I'll back up from the mic. <laughs> uh, we'll run. Don't worry. But John chapter 17, verse 5, he says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. You know, he manifested your name, your reputation. He manifested it. He was the perfect lamp, right? That's what's kind of hinting at there. You know, it says he came to fulfill the law. He was the only one that could live up to the name, character, or reputation of God. It says it outright. He manifested it. And because he did, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 happened. You were washed, you were sanctified, justified in the name of Jesus Christ. And his last words on the cross, it is finished. That was what was finished, you know. Now, if you look at Acts chapter 10, verse 43, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. It ain't that you said his name right. What it is, is once again, the representation, the character, the reputation. And basically how I understood that is he vouches for us. You know, kind of like think about uh, the, those mafia movies. You know, you do this for me, you're gonna be a, a made man. But if you do this, if you do this for him, he's gonna vouch for you, and nobody's gonna mess with you, like a big brother. And that's that's how I understood that. Luke chapter twelve verse eight it also says, "Deny me before men, and I'll deny you before the Father and His angels." He stands before us in front of the divine council, and because of his name, his reputation, we are allowed in because he vouches for us. Praise God. Not that we earned it. Not that we're cool enough to get in. The cool the cool kid brings us in with him. We ain't got the money to pay the cover charge. He covers it for us. And oh my God, it brought goosebumps all over me. There's no power in letters or vowels. It don't matter how you pronounce it. If you're looking there, man, you're missing the point. If that's what you put your faith in. You're going to be sadly mistaken. You're going to be like the Jewish exorcist in Acts 19. When they try to cast out this demon in Jesus' name, the demon looks right at him and says, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? 
It says that they ran out naked, wounded, and afraid. They put their trust in the wrong thing. They weren't true believers. They weren't representing the name. Or are you going to be like the ones in Revelations that stand before the throne and proclaim, didn't we do great works in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And didn't we prophesy in your name? And he says, depart from me. Depart from me. I never, I never knew you. Knew you. The name didn't save either one of those two guys. Two guys. You're right. I mean, it, it hits a nail on the head. That's kind of a nice way to sum that up because it doesn't, that's not the deciding factor. You have to have the faith.
We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at the dig 423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at the Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig. <laughs>